You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 1297 of the Locked On Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Rowland, coming to you on a Wednesday evening. It's August 17th, and the NBA schedule is out. So most of today's episode, if not close to all of it, will be about that as it's sort of wall-to-wall coverage time as one of those uh, few events that transpire between the middle of July and training camp. We'll touch on all of that stuff. And today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered the season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online is where the game starts. And as a reminder at the top of the podcast, please subscribe to the Lockdown Hawks podcast where you get your podcast. And we appreciate everyone's already done that, but please go ahead and do that across platforms, Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, as well as YouTube on the video side. And I really do appreciate everyone checking out the podcast already as well, especially in the off season when it's a little bit of downtime on the show. But as always, we don't really go anywhere. Still multiple times every week and we're going to be flying through this stuff. So if you're a new listener, welcome aboard and stick with us beyond today. But basically... The schedule we kind of knew was coming out in the in the uh, near future. I was planning around that, and then uh, earlier this week we got, we got word it was going to be Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern time. There were little trickles before that. The Christmas Day schedule was uh, at least widely reported before that, which we'll touch on in a second. But essentially, the broad strokes is the Hawks have their schedule in place. It's the full season. You know, a couple of years ago it was first half, second half. Last year the full 82. This year the full 82 as well. And the season opener is going to be on October 19th. For the Hawks, that is four full days between the end of the preseason, actually, and the regular season opener at home. So a little, a little bit, a bit of a lull in between the four-game exhibition slate for the Hawks and the season opener, which is going to be at home. We'll come back to that in a second. Also, we'll have uh, the Hawks will have three games at home to open the season, and then an immediate five-game road trip to Detroit, who they play twice actually, and Milwaukee, Toronto, and New York. Um, just as a general rule in this podcast, um, most of the show is going to be uh, the sort of top ten or ten games to highlight or plan around from the Hawks. It's sort of a little bit more detail, but I'm going to give you all kind of all the uh, the broad stroke stuff here at the top of the show. Uh, one of the things that was announced actually earlier this week that was more than just beyond the Hawks purview, that the NBA announced they're actually going to have no games on Election Day in November on a Tuesday. But uh, most of the league, if not all the leagues, going to be playing actually on the day before that, on Monday evening before the election. Um, the Hawks play the Bucks that day before at home on Monday, November 7th. That's a one to keep an eye on for sure. If you play the Bucks, it's a pretty big game if you are the Hawks. Also, just generally speaking, a very tough November for Atlanta. In recent years, the Hawks had some pretty treacherous schedule stuff. We'll come back to that in a second. Actually, it's pretty favorable in a lot of ways for Atlanta this time around, as much as you, as much as you can sort of guess that in August. I don't want to make too much out of that stuff. You certainly, it's too early to really plan on difficulty and how things break. But the one real stretch that I sort of circled as a difficult stretch in terms of team quality and opponent quality is in November. The Hawks have a 12-game stretch where they actually play seven of those 12 games against the top four in the East from last year. As a reminder of who that was, it was Boston, it was Milwaukee, it was Miami and Philadelphia. Plus, in that same stretch, they have a road game in Cleveland, not an, not an easy one necessarily, and then a home game against Toronto. So that three-week stretch is one to circle for sure from like sort of mid-November till the end of that month. Um, as for Christmas for the Hawks, that was sort of leaking out on Tuesday. Now, of course, official. Actually, kind of it was it was reported on Monday. Um, actually, right after I recorded the most recent episode, kind of hilariously, as I was posting it, that kind of came out. Um, I did say on that podcast, I was not expecting the Hawks to play on Christmas if I had to guess, so I'm not surprised. I do understand Hawks fans being frustrated, but there were some other teams that actually might have had more, le- more legit gripes, like the Miami Heat 
the number one seed last year in the East card finalist team. They were within like one shot of making the finals last year. No Christmas game for the Miami Heat. Obviously, it'd be more fun for Hawks fans to have a Christmas game. And the Knicks play on Christmas is kind of one of those things. It's sort of a punching bag kind of thing. If you are a Hawks fan, you are, you're definitely wondering why. I think the Knicks, basically, if you look back at the history, they have more Christmas games than any other franchise in the entire NBA. Obviously, the market and the arena have a lot to do with that. Generally speaking, unless the Knicks are projected to be just absolutely terrible, they almost always have Christmas games. And no one thinks the Knicks are going to be awesome this year, myself included. The Hawks are better than the Knicks. No one's saying otherwise. But I was not surprised by that etc. So uh, obviously a little bit different this time around. No Christmas game for the Hawks. In fact, there's a little bit of a built-in rest time, at least built-in uh, non-game time around that point for Atlanta. I'll go through a lot of games later on, but the Hawks don't play on Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, or the day after Christmas. So they have a three-day break after a home game. That's actually a three-game home stretch before Christmas, then three days off. I'm sure they'll have to practice at some point along the way there. And then they have a quick one-game trip to Indiana. So a pretty friendly schedule for the players. I know it's always kind of difficult to kind of remember that these guys have families as well. Um, a nice little stretch to get away from the, from the team for the PR guys and the trainers and the coaches, et cetera. A little break in the action at that point in time. Um, month to month. The home road splits are pretty balanced. There's not anything like crazy out of whack with the exception of January is the most road heavy month for Atlanta this year. They have five home games and they have 10 road games in the month of January. Uh, nothing too crazy in terms of like schedule gauntlets on paper right now. In fact, no month with more than 15 games in it. And that's, you know, of course, averaging like two per, per sorry, a game every two days. It's pretty normal. Um, there are two West Coast trips. I was asked the other day. Uh, kind of what I was looking for on the schedule more than anything else. It's probably these presence of, of when the West Coast groups are going to be, how they sort of break down. And uh, the last couple of years, especially last year, I thought the Hawks kind of got off the rails a little bit early in the year with a difficult West Coast road trip. They lost some games there and that set them back throughout the rest of the season. This time around, the trips are later in the year. It's a four-game trip to the West Coast be, to actually begin 2023. Uh, it's actually the first four games of January. It's uh, the Warriors on the road, then the Kings on the road, and then the back-to-back. The -back. Actually, it's two games in three days in Los Angeles. And then there's a five-game West Coast trip from January 30th through February 7th in Portland, Phoenix, Utah, Denver, and then uh, New Orleans at the end of that. I'm sort of on the way back. Um, that's the only – there's actually only two five-game road trips this season for Atlanta. One of them is right out of the gate. They have the three games at home at the beginning of the season and then the immediate five-game road trip to Detroit, Milwaukee, Toronto, New York, and the five-gamer later on. Everything else is shorter than that. No, like, marathon six, seven-game trips like they used to have in the NBA world. Um, it's actually a pretty home-heavy schedule in the back half of February. In general, uh, the back-to-backs are pretty sparse across the league now. They're trying to have a little bit less of those, of course, with the uh, modern technology and all that fun stuff. But the Hawks have 13 back-to-backs this year three of those are home back-to-backs a little bit tricky for those of us covering the team going back and forth but uh there you go uh four of them are home road back-to-backs then three of them are road to home back-to-backs and the last three are back-to-backs with uh pure travel road to road so you know 10 of 10 of those 13 back-to-backs have travel involved in them uh that's a little bit tough in some ways that's pretty pretty normal with the current schedule across the nba in general though it's a pretty friendly schedule in terms of rest compared to other teams across the league. There is a site called Positive Residual that does some analysis on schedules across the NBA. And they have the Hawks right now with the fourth easiest schedule in the league when factoring in rest and travel. Some of the travel logistics are difficult to sort of quantify in some ways, but they, they do a pretty good job with that. Also, the Hawks have 14 games 
with a rest advantage against their opponent this year. That's actually tied for the most in the entire NBA. So the schedule makers, um, you know, this could certainly be overblown and undercovered, whatever. I'm not trying to make too much out of it, but uh, there is no like total, you know, unfair gauntlet for the Hawks. It looks like this, if anything, it's going to be a little bit favorable to Atlanta schedule wise this time around. There are actually some presence of uh, more series in terms of um, how things break down in the current NBA scheduling process. The Hawks have three different ones on the schedule, all on the road. Interestingly enough, they play Detroit twice in a row on the road in October. They play Miami twice in a row on the road in March, and they play Washington twice in a row on the road in March as well. And the league sort of made a big deal out of of, uh, all of the reduced travel across the league. The estimated um, average number of miles traveled for each team in the season has been reduced to about 41,000 miles per team. That's actually the record low in the era that actually includes all 30 teams and 82 games. But like a 2,000-mile difference or so from last year, not a huge difference, but certainly a little bit. And uh, in in total, a big difference in terms of 50,000 miles or so traveled less across the league. Um, There's a bunch of stuff like where teams are not traveling between games a lot more often there are 88 instances of no travel instead of 55 last year in between so like it's a little bit less challenging a little bit less taxing which i think was a point of emphasis for the league at this point in time also to the scheduling point for the hawks um they get a little bit of a break with who they actually miss in the eastern conference i made sort of a snarky tweet today about you know the hawks playing 30 games against the west 52 against the east that's that's how it always is there's always two games against every team in the West, that's 30 games, and then 52 games against the Eastern Conference. But basically, the Hawks and every team in the East play the majority of the East four times each. But there are always a handful of teams they only, they only play three times. And this year, it's actually a good a, a good selection for the Hawks. So they play every team in the East four times, except for Boston, Toronto, Cleveland, and Indiana. Now, Indiana is not good. Uh, they're rebuilding, so you want to see them as much as possible. But the other three teams, especially Boston and Toronto – that, those are good teams to miss the fourth time. So is that, does that change your life a ton? Maybe not. That, that might be worth a win along the way somewhere, just not having to play Boston four times, not having to play Toronto four times. And even Cleveland is a pretty good team on paper as well. Also, sort of last thing, I sort of alluded to this earlier a little bit, but um, on the day of the 82-game schedule release, it's kind of a minor thing, but the Hawks do not have a preseason home game officially. They confirmed the, uh, the announcement of their preseason schedule And it's all the ones that we already had tracked on the podcast. Basically, the Hawks have three road games and one quote-unquote home game in the preseason. But that home game is actually one of the Abu Dhabi games against the the Bucs. That's technically a home-and-home against Milwaukee. So there is no exhibition game of any kind at State Farm Arena. I'm sure they'll probably have an open practice at some point, but no actual game for the Hawks at home in the preseason. That's not a huge deal, especially when you're traveling across the world to Abu Dhabi, but notable nonetheless, the closest uh, spot for the Hawks, for Hawks fans, they want to see the team in the preseason is, is to go to Birmingham where they'll be actually be playing the uh, Pelicans in a road game. So the rest of the show will get into basically me boiling down the schedule to 10 games that Hawks fans can kind of prioritize if they're not like the 82 game full on playing your life around it kind of diehard uh, like I have to be in a lot of in a lot of ways. I'm going to cheat a little bit and not include the opener or the finale since those are kind of built in tent poles of the season. So I'll talk about those a little bit, a little bit as well. But it'll be uh, basically the honorable, men- honorable mentions as well as the uh, sort of the top 10 or 10 games to highlight on the schedule this year to kind of give you a little bit of a little bit of a hack. I definitely recommend going through the entire schedule. If you are a diehard for sure, I'll have as always wall-to-wall coverage of all of what's transpiring, but a little bit of a gimmick to get you through the schedule and also highlight some of the must watch opportunities along the way for the Hawks. But before we get to all of that stuff, a word from our sponsors on today's show. 
imagine you're hanging out with some friends and putting back a few drinks in the process and a few drinks because a few too many drinks. And as the evening comes to an end, people start to leave and you think about calling for a ride. But instead, you decide that you live pretty nearby. And you're thinking that it's no big deal or you can make it home on your own. After all, what are the odds you actually get pulled over for this, especially this close to your house? And even if that happens, what's the worst that could happen? Would your insurance go up something like that? But also you could lose your driver's license or maybe total your car or honestly worse, you could hurt yourself or even kill yourself or someone else. At this point, everyone should know the risks of driving drunk and the results are tragic and often deadly. That does not always stop people from getting behind the wheel, though, even if they shouldn't. And that is why police officers are out there looking for people like that right now. Impaired drivers on our roads looking to save lives, protect everybody in the process. So if you start to think that it's okay to drive after a few too many drinks, think again. Play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or the life of someone else forever. And uh, you cannot fix that in the process. So drive sober or get pulled over. All right. And before we get to the top 10 list of the important slash uh, highlight worthy games on the schedule, the season opener for Atlanta is October 19th against the Houston Rockets at home. That's a Wednesday night. The actual NBA opener is the Tuesday doubleheader before that on the 18th. Uh, people were sort of asking why the Hawks are playing the Rockets and why it's not like a huge rivalry game after the Hawks, of course, famously played Dallas last year in the opener. I'll just say this. A lot of teams do not have high-profile opening games, especially if they weren't a national TV game. It's a pretty ordinary thing. For example, you know, the Hawks opened the season two years ago with a road game in Chicago that was kind of a, just a normal game. The Wolves weren't supposed to be great that year or anything like that. And then the previous year, it was a game, a game in Detroit that was also kind of just anonymous. So there's also a cool subplot with Houston coming to town because Jabari Smith will be making his NBA debut, top three pick. He's also from the Atlanta area. That's a pretty cool little sub subplot there. And the, and the Rockets are pretty entertaining. Also, from the Hawks' standpoint, that's a winnable game. They'll be favoring that game, I'm sure. So not, not the worst way to start things off on that Wednesday. And then, by the way, the finale, before we get to the actual uh, top ten list, um, the season ends on April 9th with a Sunday afternoon game in Boston. It might not mean anything at all. Uh, sometimes that last game of the season can be a little bit weird and meaningless. You're playing backups or whatever, or it can matter a lot. And of course, Boston is going to be very good this year, you would expect. Um, also, the entire league is playing on that same day. All 30 teams will play in two time slots. The whole Eastern Conference plus the one East versus West game will be at 1 o'clock Eastern. And then the seven games in the West will be at 3.30 Eastern on that day. So it's sort of uh, eliminate some of that, some of the gamesmanship stuff we've seen in the past. So the Hawks will be playing. It's a one o'clock game on a Sunday in Boston, and we'll see if that game matters at the end of the season. Okay. Rather than actually ordering these top 10, I'm going to go in chronological order to kind of keep things clean. If you want to make some notes uh, on, on these games to sort of highlight. And again, the entire schedule is available now, all 82. And I recommend going even, even deeper. If you have questions, I'm certainly happy to answer them along the way. But the first game I'm going to mention again, besides the finale in the opener, et cetera, is Saturday, October 29th at Milwaukee. It's an 8 o'clock start on a Saturday night in October. This is a pretty obvious game in its appeal. It's a Saturday night. It's a primetime game. It's in Milwaukee. The Bucks are very good. Giannis is very good. And, of course, a rematch from the conference finals two years ago. Also, this is the first like pretty true measuring stick game to see you know, how good the Hawks are. I certainly don't want to overplay that because it's 1 out of 82. I don't want to make too much of that. But the first five games for the Hawks are Houston, Orlando, and Charlotte at home and then two games on the road in Detroit. Now, I'm not telling you the Hawks are going to be 5-0 after those five games, but they're going to be favored in those five games, I think, unless there are injuries, stuff like that. But the three games at home and then the two games in Detroit, all you know, Charlotte's pretty frisky, et cetera, but the Hawks will be the better team in all five of those games. So there's a chance they're undefeated, and this is the first time they'll actually be playing a real opponent on the road. The Bucs are obviously quite good. That would be a very interesting game to kind of circle at that point in time. 
from there, we're going to go like a few weeks, a few weeks ahead to November 16th at home against the Boston Celtics. That's an ESPN game on November 16th. I partially picked this game because it's an ESPN national TV game. It's also a big game in general, but I will say this before I forget to say this from, uh, from earlier. Um, the Hawks have at this point in time, 18 national TV games is the way that it actually is described by the league. Now, uh, I will just note this now. Uh, it's really eight. Um, there is this sort of the uh, argument between the way the league characterizes national TV and the way that I probably do. Um, 18 is the higher number. That includes 10 NBA TV games. NBA TV is national TV in a lot of ways. Uh, there are a lot of markets that have NBA TV, but uh, it's not quite the same as playing on ABC or TNT or ESPN. By the way, zero, zero ABC games right now for the Hawks, but they have some, they have some uh, TNT. It's three games there and five games on ESPN. But 18, if you want to say that, and, you know, out of market, noteworthy as well. Anyway, um, that's a big game in general, beyond the ESPN appeal of that game. The Boston, is, as I mentioned before, is the betting favorite, actually, to be the uh, number one team in the East. And they won the East last year, of course. They're actually better on paper now than they were then because they got Malcolm Brogdon. Also, as a throw-in here, it's the return of Gallo to Atlanta, which is a little bit of extra juice there after a couple of years with the Hawks. He was on that conference finals team, et cetera. And uh, the first of a few different returns that we'll highlight in this space. But in general, November, as I mentioned before, is a tough month for the Hawks. It's a tough game for sure, but it's at home. It's winnable for Atlanta. It's a high profile game, good atmosphere. The Hawks and Celtics, if you, honestly, if you ask me who the number one rival is for the Hawks, it's probably still the Celtics. They don't have a huge like built-in rival, but for fans of a certain age, like myself or older, Boston's always been the team that I've, I would say is probably the Hawks' biggest rival. So all that said, that's a big game, of course, pretty obviously. So from there, the third game that I'll highlight is the Kevin Herter return game on November 23rd. So on paper, a home game against Sacramento on a Wednesday would not qualify for the list, but obviously the Herter stuff makes it more interesting in a lot of ways. Uh, as I noted before, Gallinari, et cetera, Herter's not the only player that left the Hawks in the offseason, but he was a first-round pick from the organization that they developed in-house and extended. He was a key piece for four years, et cetera. So it's more notable than a typical return game. Um, from a diehard aspect, also this is Justin Holiday and Mo Harkless playing against their old team. The Kings have Alex Lynn on the team, et cetera. And also, just generally speaking, as an NBA person, the Kings are pretty interesting to me. Not in, not in a fantastic way, but they're uh, sort of team-building stuff. That's an interesting roster in a lot of ways. The Hawks should be favored in that game as well. It was probably the least appealing of the 10 games, but I wanted to at least highlight Herder. And uh, that was the next one on the agenda. Again, that's Wednesday, November 23rd. Um, from there, the fourth game is Wednesday, December 7th. So a few, a few weeks ahead at Madison Square Garden. It's an ESPN game against the Knicks, of course. And every time the Hawks go to MSG with Trey Young on the roster, it's definitely an event to be covered. And this is a national TV game as well, of course, with ESPN on the scene. So extra eyeballs, extra attention, extra buildup, etc. Technically, the Hawks go to New York before this, actually. They actually go to, to MSG on November 2nd. That's not a national TV game, though, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick the, a split difference and take the uh, national game for more, um, you know, I guess, exposure and all that stuff. But um, I will say the Knicks also have playoff aspirations, and New York is a team that the Hawks could be battling with in the standings, especially if the Knicks were to get Donovan Mitchell in the next few weeks, or at least between now and December. That would even uh, increase the uh, watchability of that contest. But obviously the Hawks and Knicks have a little bit of a rivalry going following the playoff series two years ago. Trey versus Knicks fans, of course, is still a thing at this stage. So that's, that's one to circle for sure. And again, an ESPN game on December 7th. From there, the fifth game is actually a month beyond that. So we go from December 7th to January 8th, and that is a Sunday game 
in Los Angeles against the Los Angeles Clippers, not the Lakers. So this is probably the least sexy game that I chose, but it's an opportunity to highlight the, the entire stretch. It's basically this one in the Kings game. They're not the sexiest ones, but Hawks have that four-game West Coast trip to open January. This is the last game after playing Golden State, Sacramento, and the Lakers in that order. But this is the Sunday night primetime game after staying in L.A. the night before. Crucially, you never know how, how, how that's going to go with a young team necessarily having to uh, sort of stay over in L.A. for a full off day on Saturday. But I personally think the Clippers are going to be pretty awesome this year if Kawhi is Kawhi. That's a huge question mark. But Kawhi and PG, plus it's possible on paper if Clippers are going to be as good as I think they possibly could be, this might be their toughest game of the season or at least one of them on the road because, uh, you know, anytime you have to go across the country at the end of a road trip, crucially, especially the end of a West Coast road trip and play an awesome team, if they are indeed locked in with Kawhi and PG, et cetera, that'd be a difficult task and also a pretty interesting game on a Sunday evening. Okay, before we get to the rest of the list, and there is more, I assure you, five more games to touch on, plus some honorable mentions, et cetera, a word from our sponsors on today's show. Today's show is brought to you by BetOnline. And BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to check out all of your sports betting needs, both now and always. Find all of your favorite sports and events at number one source for online odds, lines, and games with a ton of future-facing action on the site. With future football season, of course, is in fast approaching at this point. Preseason is already here, and uh, everyone loves football, to be honest with you. So there you go on that. Also, there's a ton of future-facing stuff on the site that includes future odds in the NBA, as well as baseball with the World Series looming in October, NHL, combat sports, esports, soccer, golf, tennis, auto racing, horse racing, rugby, entertainment bets, and much more. BetOnline is the number one source as well for all the wagering information that you are looking for. That includes live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts, and they have you covered across the board. They also have casino games. They have poker and other ways to get on the action today. Head about online right now on your mobile device or your computer. Check out more about the, all of the trends and the action happening today in the sports world, but online where the game starts. All right. And the list rolls on here with the sixth game that I'll highlight. And this is one that's very obvious. Perhaps the most high profile game of the season for Atlanta and this market is the MLK day on Monday, January 16th against the Miami heat. It's a TNT game. That's crucial. At home, State Farm Arena, it's a 3.30 p.m. Eastern time tip-off, kind of a prime game there on a Monday holiday. Also a playoff rematch, of course, part of the appeal there. Miami should be should be good again, competitive game, et cetera. And for some background here, I got some questions. I'm not trying to pick on anybody. People don't necessarily know all this stuff. The Hawks have been hosting MLK Day games regularly for a long time. In fact, basically almost always since 1994, they've had a game at home on MLK Day. There are three exceptions in 90 and 98. The Hawks were playing that whole season between Georgia Tech's campus and the Georgia Dome when they were building the arena that's now there and they couldn't play on that day. 1999, there were no games played that day due to the lockout. And then 2017 was the one that uh, bothers everybody, including me. The Hawks just got snubbed that year for whatever reason. The Hawks were not happy about that at all. Um, the Hawks were also pretty good then. And the previous year, they were really good. That year, as I've said a lot, was not a lot of fun. That was the Dwight Howard season, 2016-17. But they made the playoffs. They, they weren't a terrible team by any means. And I'm not sure what the deal was there. I don't think anybody really knows. But uh, anyway, that game happened. That, that, sorry, that, that game did not happen the way that you would think. But generally speaking, the Hawks always have a game on MLK Day. It's a great national landscape. They have often done the, the, the choir intros, etc. Sometimes it's an NBA TV game, NBA TV game, like sort of early in the early in the day if the Hawks are not very good. But when the Hawks are good, Atlanta is usually in a national TV slot, which is the case this year as well with the TNT game against Miami. Last year, it was Bucks-Hawks on TNT, rematch conference finals, et cetera. So that'll be a lot of fun. And of course, you know, the playoff stuff, et cetera. That'll be a, a headline-grabbing game on Monday, January 16th. 
Um, the seventh game is actually two days later, the closest that I have any of these to each other. But there's an obvious reason. It's because the Hawks play on the road in Dallas on Wednesday, January the 18th. And I think there is still a lot of attention on any matchup between the Hawks and the Mavericks. And this one is the first of the two matchups. Uh, it's, it's also an ESPN game. It's right after MLK Day. So a lot of uh, national exposure for the Hawks that week, which is pretty interesting in itself. And Dallas has not come to Atlanta until April. And April games are often kind of a mess. So I'm choosing the one that's more interesting and more safe to be interesting at this point in time. I do think that there's a little bit less buzz for every single Luca Trey game now in year five than there was early on for obvious reasons. But it's obviously, you know, we're all rooting for those guys to play against each other and have a lot of fun doing that. Also, Tim Hardaway Jr. is a former Hawk on the Mavericks roster. And beyond all the buzz that just kind of built in with Trey and Luca, it's a road test on the road against a team that's really good. They, this is a conference finals team from last year. The Mavericks are. So that'll be an interesting game. Even though it's been weak, it's an ESPN one. So highlight that one. Um, the eighth game is Wednesday, February 1st at Phoenix. Uh, also an ESPN game. So two weeks after the Dallas game is at Phoenix. Not a rivalry or anything like that with the Suns, but the Hawks and Suns have played some interesting games in the last couple of years. Phoenix had the uh, dreadful playoff performance and playoff exit last year to Dallas, actually, but they were the number one team in the league by a pretty wide margin in the regular season, so they're still very good. They're bringing the band back after bringing back DeAndre Ayton and Booker and Paul and Bridges, etc. It's a late tip, by the way, a 10 p.m. Eastern time game, so it's really the only late game on the, on the entire list here. And I'm sure a lot of people have to go to bed. I, I, do, I do understand that. But it's a game that's in the middle of a stretch with the Blazers, the Nuggets, the Jazz, et cetera, on the road. And I'll be fascinated to see how the Hawks handle that game against a very good team in Phoenix. Um, six days later, the Hawks play a TNT game, one of their only three of the season. They play the New Orleans Pelicans on Tuesday, February 7th, TNT. It's right before the All-Star break in a lot of ways. It's TNT Showcase. New Orleans is a very weird team that could be just awesome if Zion is back in full force to join forces with guys like Brandon Ingram and Cedar McCollum and Herb Jones, et cetera. Um, or it might go south and you might be like, why is this game on national television? Because the Pelicans might just be okay again. So we'll see. But the Pelicans should be pretty good. It's on the road, national TV game. Um, also, it's kind of in that dead zone between the um, NFL championship games and Super Bowl. So there's kind of like a ramp up to NBA stuff at that point in the schedule pre-NCAA tournament, et cetera. So that's one to circle on your calendars. And then number 10 on the list is the Golden State Warriors coming to Atlanta on March 17th. This is a very obvious one in a lot of ways, although it is in the middle of, an NCAA, of the NCAA tournament. So if you are a college basketball person, maybe, maybe this will pass, pass you by. But if you're an NBA diehard, having the champs come to town is uh, usually a good way to draw attention. I was also the last one, again, in chronological order. But um, quality and play, dips a little bit in March and April in general across the NBA world a lot of times. So that's why there's only one game after like mid-February on this list that I'm making. But the Rain Champs, it's a Friday night game. Probably be a lot of buzz in that building that night. Um, NBA TV will have the broadcast as well outside the Atlanta market. And the Warriors should be quite good again. Of course, they have Steph and Clay and Draymond, another season of Kaminga and Moody and Wiseman, etc. So that'll be a lot of uh, a lot of interest in that one, let's just say. Um, I, was, I say this all the time, but the best game I've ever attended – and the regular season was the Hawks-Warriors game 2015 at home. Uh, it, it may not be as good as that one, but uh, the Warriors come to town. It's always very interesting, and uh, they will bring their rings with them, I am sure. Okay, with that 10-game list out of the way, I will just list off some honorable mentions that made the cut. Uh, but didn't, Sorry, that didn't quite make the cut, but will still be of interest. Uh, one of them is October 21st in Atlanta. The Hawks play the Magic, which is normally a pretty boring game, but Chris Haynes reported this one a couple days ago, and it's because it is the first meeting between DeJounte Murray and Paolo Bancaro 
after their pro-am dust-up earlier this summer. I talked about that a little bit with Andrew Kelly. Not really my beat necessarily, but apparently Murray and uh, Boncaro have some highly anticipation because it was reported by a national outlet a day and a half early. So circle that one, October 21st in Atlanta. Um, also, October 31st, a.k.a. Halloween, Saturday night in Toronto. I'm including this one. Uh, it's close to the Milwaukee game that I mentioned before, but Toronto is the team that is most often placed in the same tier as the Hawks in the East. It's generally speaking seen as like a top four and then kind of a five, six with Toronto and Atlanta in some order from some of the projections that I've seen. It's a road game. Toronto's a tough place to play. Interesting playing style, versatility, et cetera. A nice little test for the Hawks on Halloween. Um, December 11th at home against Chicago is an interesting one because it's right into a back-to-back with Memphis on the road. That's a tough back-to-back. The Bulls are a high-profile team. I love Sunday night home games. That'll be an odd time. It's a 6.30 p.m. start, et cetera. Memphis is fun as well. Uh, December 30th, the last game of the year for Atlanta in 2022 is the Lakers coming to town on the 30th. The Lakers were brutal last year. I get that, but there's always buzz when they come to town. Lots of Lakers fans, I'm sure, will be in the building that day, especially if LeBron and AD are in attendance. Um, I had to do this for my own self, but DeLon Wright comes back to Atlanta on February 28th as a member of the Wizards. This is pretty crazy. Um, The Wizards and Hawks, as division foes, play four times this year. The first game between the two teams is on February the 28th. That's insane. They play four games after February 28th. Uh, That's weird scheduling, but alas, here we are. And the first one's at home. It's DeLon Wright. It's tribute video season, et cetera. And also could matter if Washington's playing well as they are potentially a fringe playoff contender. And then finally, the home finale. I mentioned before the uh, actual season finale is the April 9th game in Boston, but the Hawks play at home on April 7th against Philadelphia. And that's a big game potentially because the Sixers are going to be good this year, obviously, with Embiid and Harden and Maxi, et cetera. And uh, a nice little test to end the season for the Hawks before hopefully a playoff run commences. At any rate, that's my rundown. I, meant, I think I mentioned like 17 or 18 games along the way there, but sort of a prime 10 and then honorable mentions, openers, finales, etc. And I'm sure I'll talk about every game along the way. In fact, I know I will, but that's kind of the overview right now and stuff to look for on the schedule. Last thing before we get out of here on this Wednesday, I get this podcast posted for everybody. It's been asking when it's coming. Um, there was an interesting launch. It's not really a Hawks related thing on the court. So usually I would not do this, but, uh, I think interesting enough to Hawks fans who I know I've always hear from frustrations about Hawks fans who can't watch the Hawks or it's difficult to watch the Hawks. I don't usually cover a ton of broadcast stuff here, but I'm a giant sports media nerd. So on Wednesday, Sinclair, which op- which owns Valley Sports Networks, made an announcement that could affect some Hawks fans that, that, if they would like it to. That's all. That's, that's very. It's very important here. No one's making you do this. It's a. It's more of an add-on option for you. But on September 26th, Sinclair is launching Valley Sports South. Uh, sorry, Valley Sports Plus for South and Southeast. Basically, across 19 markets, there's been a soft launch before this in a few local areas that were not included at Lamb. Now they're rolling it out nationwide. 19 markets that includes Valley Sports South and Southeast, which are the two Hawks markets. Um, it is available for $19.99 a month or $190 a year. That's a lot of money. I get that. I'm only going to talk about this um, for the Valley Sports South and Southeast stuff because of the purposes of being tied to the Hawks, obviously. But Almost every game of the season for the Hawks is carried on Valley, with only a few exceptions for certain national TV games, your ABC games, et cetera. But Sinclair has not had agreements with streaming services for a little while now. YouTube TV does not have uh, Valley. Hulu does not have Valley, et cetera. In fact, I believe the only streaming service, I want to be clear about that streaming service, that is not that actually has Valley Sports South and Southeast is DirecTV Stream. Um, or of course you can have the cable package like I do with Xfinity or Charter, whoever you have. Um, but I know a lot of people are cutting the cord, et cetera. 
as an alternative, if you do not have access to Bally via cable for money reasons or something like that, um, Bally is having this service to give people the option to pay sort of all the cart for their services in the South and Southeast. Now this has to be in the markets. If you're an out of market listener, this does not apply to you. Um, you, but the, the, the advantage there is that if you're out of market, you can actually still buy league pass and watch the Hawks. People are confused by this. Um, if you live outside of the Atlanta footprint, you could just watch the Hawks on league, on league pass. It's really easy. But if you're in Atlanta and don't have Valley, then you are in some trouble. So you have to either find a way to get Valley or something like that. So anyway, um, this is an option for people to pay for Hawks coverage. In some markets, it would also include NBA, NHL, or even baseball teams. But Atlanta does not have an NHL team at this point in time. There are only five teams that have baseball agreements to actually have streaming stuff on there for Bally, and that does not include the Braves. So the majority of the investment right now, if you were to get Bally Sports Southeast and Plus and all that stuff, is to be having Hawks games, um, which is, you know, for me, it'd be worth it if I, you know, the investment in the Hawks, but I get why you wouldn't do that. I'm not telling you what to do, but it's not super cheap to do this. It is essentially targeting people that have only cable or direct TV stream. And if you don't, if, if you just watch sports, and you don't want to have Hallmark Channel or you know Sci-Fi or whatever on your on your on your bundle. It's probably cheaper to have this, etc. If you want to keep your cable or Directv, nothing changes. That's important to note as well. But League Pass again, not an option if you live in Atlanta. So um, this is a way that if you basically wanted to have no other TV option and just get Hawk stuff, you could do that with this offering. I also also if you have the uh, your typical uh, cable package like I do, the Bally Sports app should still work for you with the with the login through your cable provider like you've been doing previously if you want to. Um, I have a feeling that a lot of fans might wait on this until the Braves or I guess maybe if the Braves are ever included in it and they're not right now. So if you wanted both Hawks and Braves, you still have to have cable or direct TV stream. But that happened Wednesday. There were lots of questions about it, especially for the, about the price point, et cetera, whether we had to be in Atlanta. But uh, no NHL team, no Braves stuff. So really for sports, for Valley Sports South and Southeast, it's mostly Hawk stuff. You get other stuff too, but there's no, uh, there's no, there's no soccer on there. Atlanta United, etc. It's only, it's only what Sinclair has the rights to, and that's where we are right now. If you are a diehard Hawks fan, that might be an option for you at this stage. Okay, that'll be it for today's podcast. If you missed it earlier in the week, I had a mailbag show on Monday, and previously I talked to Andrew Kelly for a multiple part episode. I talked to Bill DeFilippo earlier this month as well, Tower Jones, Robbie Callen, etc. It's been very busy on the show, even in the off season. I'm still doing like three, maybe even four shows a week at this stage. And we'll be back to, we'll be back to four or five, probably even maybe six sometimes during the season very, very soon. But please subscribe to the podcast. Tell a friend about the show as well. Follow me on Twitter at BT Roll if you'd like to. Follow the show on Twitter at Locked on Hawks. And I really do beg you to share this with a friend. If you have a Hawks fan friend in your life that has not found the podcast, tell them about it. If they hate it, that's okay. But have them check it out at some point in time and leave a five-star rating, review, etc. Thank you for listening, everybody. And we'll see you later on this week.